I also like to think about it as buying someone a cup of coffee before you ask them to marry you. Like maybe go on a couple of dates and get to know each other a little better. It's, it's putting people in the right mindset to buy or convert, but it's also building that relationship before you just throw your sales message up and ask them for something. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. And today I'm really excited to dive into a topic not very many people are talking about. And that is how you can lower your cold traffic costs and bring people quicker and more easily into your environment, into your little world and little corner of the world. And to help me out with that, I have Rachel Mazza. Rachel is also a copywriter. She's a direct response copywriter and sales funnel consultant who specializes in lowering traffic costs by warming up cold traffic. She helps businesses with existing products improve their funnels by fixing broken links between the first customer touch point and the final sale. And when she's not working one-on-one with certain clients, she coaches freelancers and business owners on how to write persuasive pre-sale pages. She's also a co-host of the Business of Writing podcast, teaching writers how to build a profitable business with their writing skills. So she's got the writing chops. She's got the chops for helping you warm up cold traffic. And I'm so excited to welcome you to the show, Rachel. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are glad to have you as well. And you know, we're, we're just going to dive right on in. So how did you get into this, you know, cold traffic conversion warm up process? Tell me a little bit about your journey. Yeah, it's actually funny. Before I was a copywriter, I used to specialize in SEO, search engine optimization. And I didn't love working with SEO. I was good at it, but but wasn't in love with it. I've always kind of migrated to and ba- always come back to copy and writing. And so I was running this SEO business, really wanted to move away from SEO. And that's when I discovered copywriting. And we started writing conversion copy for SEO professionals and specifically a lot of affiliate marketers who use SEO to drive organic traffic to their website. And what I found is a lot of these SEO guys were so deep in the analytics and the stats that they really had a hard time speaking with their customers. And so uh, I came in and I had this understanding of how to optimize your, your content and your website copy for SEO. 
And we were able to get these guys really great results and they would just skyrocket over the competition because they were converting so much higher from all that cold traffic coming into their website. And so I had an agency. We had maybe around 15 writers at, at, our, at our peak and we were just putting out hundreds of these blog posts and review pages and product reviews. And they were doing so, so well because we were using sales psychology versus a lot of the spammy looking SEO content that was out there on affiliate sites and a lot of these review sites. And so I learned later as I was going through hundreds of these pages that these are actually called advertorials, where it's a value-driven and information-driven or entertainment-driven piece of copy with a very specific purpose. And so I didn't know that, that those were advertorials at the time. So by the time I discovered what advertorials and pre-sale pages were, I had already written hundreds of them. And so I kind of fell into it by testing things in the field and finding out exactly what works and what doesn't, and then learned the theory behind it later. Wow. You know, it's so interesting because I, I usually come into two camps, right? People who kind of stumble upon what they're doing and then the people who are very purpose-driven but still don't necessarily have the right language around what it is that they're doing until much later. So I love that you, you know, you started out with SEO, which a lot of people have this idea that SEO is, you know, technical and complicated. And I like how you were talking about how they're, uh, you know, they were so, so deep into the stats, they were kind of forgetting about like what people were actually reading and then kind of bringing that into, oh, well, I'm already writing all of these things. And, and the way, you know, to lower your traffic costs and to improve your conversions is to write entertaining and informational content. Exactly, exactly. And also a lot of the time, especially when you see affiliate websites or SEO focused websites, a lot of times it just looks so icky. It looks like it's like, oh man, this is such a biased review or like, yeah, right. Like this is like way too favorable in the product. And so people were, were, I think trying to use templates and the shallow principles of sales psychology and copy, but they didn't quite get it. And so for, for us to come in where we understood those underlying principles where we could speak in a conversational manner, but write in a way that backed up big claims and offered proof and had a logical flow to the sales argument uh, and was also a logical flow to the, the page and the copy in general, it was just in a completely different ballgame than just slapping up a, a bunch of this SEO content that was basically just there to rank and, and fill in space. Yeah, that's one of the things I think a lot of people kind of fall into the trap is, oh, I, I need to get found. I need to get found. But then like they forget that the person, yes, you need to get found on Google, but you want to get found by people who can actually read what you write, right? Exactly. And that's why I uh, ultimately ended up shutting down the agency and moving back to working one-on-one -on -one with business owners and, and my own clients is just because it was if, if someone doesn't get that, it's hard for them to understand the value of copy. I think at the time I was charging something like, I don't know, I started at like $30 a page, an advertorial. And then eventually I went crazy and charged like $300 for an advertorial. And that's still just so low. And for them, that was the time top of the market. They had never paid anything remotely close to something like $300 or $500 for a page of they, what they considered content, even though it was working, even though it was bringing in so much more sales and revenue for them, they didn't quite understand the value of copy because it just wasn't part of that world. And so ultimately, I decided to shut down that agency and work back with, with business owners and was able to charge 10 times that amount just from working with someone that understood the value of copy and knew how to set it up so that they could track the results in their business directly from that copy and immediately see the revenue that came back from it. 
Fantastic. So, you know, you shut down the agency and you were talking about charging for what you called a a pre-sale page. So can you give me like a definition of what somebody would consider a pre-sale page? Yes. And I I love to talk about this because if you were like me six, seven years ago, you were a content marketer who didn't really know how to charge well for their their services. And so when I discovered this, I was able to make the shift from content marketing to sales copy using sales psychology. And there's, there's a big distinction between content and copy, usually because copy is something that's measurable that you can point to and know that's exactly what moved the needle on my sales. And pre-sale pages are content-based pages, but do have that element of sales psychology behind it. So they're a piece of copy that goes in between that initial touch point where you first interact with the customer and the final point where you ask for the sale or the conversion. So that's usually your sales page or a landing page where you ask for someone's email and they opt in. And this piece goes in between that first point, which is probably a social ad, like a Facebook ad, even a YouTube ad, even a YouTube video or an email, and that point where you ask them for something. So a pre-sale page works by going in between that initial touch point where you first interact with your customer and the point where you ask them for the sale or you try and convert them. And so usually that's your sales page where you ask them to buy something or an opt-in or landing page where you're asking someone for their email. So the way that it works is someone comes from a uh, usually a cold traffic ad, but it can also be fr- coming from an email or uh, even a YouTube video, and they may not be quite ready to hear your sales message. So they may be in a more unaware phase, or they may be skeptical, or they may just not know who you are and have any reason to trust you. So what this pre-sale page does is warm them up and get them in the right mindset to hear your sales message and be ready to take that next step in your funnel. Awesome. So it's kind of like opening them to the idea of what you're about to talk about by doing something really entertaining and useful. Exactly. If you think about it, if you walked up to someone on the street and someone was like, hi, nice to meet you. And you're meeting someone. And then you're like, hi, nice to meet you. Buy my stuff. It's like very in your face, right? You want to build that relationship and build that trust. I also like to think about it as buying someone a cup of coffee before you ask them to marry you. Like maybe go on a couple of dates and get to know each other a little better. It's, it's putting people in the right mindset to buy or convert, but it's also building that relationship before you just throw your sales message up and ask them for something. So you're in more of a giving mindset with these pages so that you're providing value rather than asking them for something. Gotcha. And with the pre-sales page, then what you're talking about is people who don't necessarily know you yet. Like they may not have heard of you or they may not have heard of your product or method or, or a certain approach to what you do. So this is kind of like your brief introduction while also kind of opening up the relationship and saying, hey, we just met, Let, let's go have that cup of coffee. Right. And so that's one of the main reasons that you would use a pre-sale page is to approach a colder audience who may not know you. But you can also still use pre-sale pages to approach people that do know you, maybe people that are on your list or are familiar with you, and use these to either expand your reach by, by reframing or repositioning your offer in a different light or with a different angle. Or you can use it to to explain a complex offer that people might need a little bit more information or education about before they're ready to buy. So you can use them for, for people that are familiar with you and are warmer audiences, but they work phenomenally to warm up those colder audiences. And that's where a lot of marketers really find the value in them. 
Got it. So like, would somebody need to be looking for? Why is cold traffic a different approach than warm traffic? Yeah. So when you're approaching warm traffic, people already know you and they've already bought into what you want to say, right? So they want to hear from you. They've either given you their email or they've given you some money. And so they've already made that decision to trust you and listen to you and accept what you offer them. But when they're a cold audience, they don't know you from Adam and they are just inundated with marketing all day long. People see more than 10,000 ads every single day in the United States alone, every single person. That's crazy. And so people are, are over-marketed to, they're inundated with marketing and they're inherently skeptical. And so you have to put them in a mindset where they're ready to hear what you say before you start bombarding them and say, listen to me, listen to me, see what I've got. And so when you're approaching cold traffic, you want to come in a more indirect manner. So what a direct manner would be just telling someone what you've got to offer, telling them why it's a good deal or why you've got a great guarantee or why it's best for them. But if it's a cold audience that you're speaking to, you want to come more indirectly with by talking about stories or uh, information that they've asked for or you know that they want rather than just hitting them in the face with your sales message right away. Interesting. So it's kind of a that approach of, again, just kind of defining like, where are these people in knowing you versus not knowing you? Exactly. And you see this all the time in form of advertorials or sponsored content on the internet. So you may be reading an article or browsing around and you may or may not even notice that it's sponsored content, but you'll see articles all the time that look just so clickbait worthy, like uh, how this one mom from Texas lost 300 pounds in three years, or how this one man disrupted a billion dollar shaving industry, things like that. You see those stories all the time that you're like, oh, well, I don't know. I kind of want to know how he did that. Usually if you're not noticing those, or if you, they kind of seem scammy or are turning you off, it just means they're not meant for you or not written for someone like you, because usually they're designed to capture the attention, capture the eye, the wandering eye as people go past uh, of the target audience that those people want to speak to. That's so true. It's really one of those things where it's just kind of making sure that you want to bring in the right people. So I love that you pointed out that, you know, if you happen upon one of those sponsored posts or content like that and you don't like it, then that just means that you're not the right person for it. So how can a business owner kind of find or discover what the right story or the right angle to create a presale page is? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's so many different ways to find inspiration and find out what's working out there. One thing that I like to do is go find pre-sale pages and advertorials in your niche, in your market, or for similar products or audiences that are working really well. And then uh, I use the term reverse engineer, but I actually hate that term because it sounds so difficult and scientific. Really just look at what they're doing and break down the structure of what they're doing. So what do their headlines look like? Uh, what kind of characters are they using in their stories? Are they talking about male or female, young people or married couples, things like that? Just pay uh, pay attention to how they are framing the message and the angle and the idea behind the article. And you can find these by going to content-heavy websites like BuzzFeed, Wired.com, even CNN.com, Daily Mail, anywhere that is a content-focused website that's like a, a publication or um, uh, an online magazine type website. And you'll see along the bottom of these articles and in the sidebar, you'll often see sponsored content. And usually this is put out by a content network 
which is uh, a website that you can pay to publish your your content places like these these uh, online publications. And some of those are called Taboola or Outbrain or Adblade. So if you see on any content-heavy site sponsored, provided by Taboola or sponsored by Outbrain, those are advertorials. Those are articles that people have written with a specific purpose to place them in front of you so that you'll click there, read about what they're writing, and then be ready to take the next step in their sales funnel. So that's one way is just go out into the wild, into the ether of the internet and uh, see what's out there, see what people are putting on the websites. But you can also use tools like the Facebook ads library and look at companies that you want to emulate that you see are doing a great job with content-based marketing. See what they're putting out there, click on their ads, see if they lead to an advertorial, if they lead to a story or an article that's uh, something interesting that would capture attention and, and put people in a different mindset. So you could use tools like the Facebook ads library. There's other ones like uh, adbeat.com allows you to kind of spy on other people's marketing. Or like we said before, you could just go out and see what's already out there and recognize that someone's paying to put that there. And so it's a, it's, it's a good idea to pay attention to see why they they put the article there as it was written. That's such a, a really great approach to take to it because a lot of us are like, oh, well, my competition's doing that. I can't do that as well. But to get an idea to to kind of hone in on what stories or what approaches might be working so that you can create your own, but make sure that you're not wasting a lot of time on the wrong approach. You know, I, I love that you said, you know, spying on other people's marketing with like ad beat or Facebook ads library. It's also just a great place to get inspiration on uh, what your audience is already looking for if you don't have the opportunity to talk to them directly. Right. And that's that's an important distinction, I think, too. Like we jokingly say spy on the competition, but you do have to be original and you have to be creative, not only just because it's a jerk move to rip off someone's ad, but also because it's just not going to, you're going to miss the mark unless you understand the psychology and the principles behind that. I see this all the time with copywriters or marketers or business owners that try to use marketing or copy templates. Like one of my favorite examples is uh, John Carlton is a famous copywriter and he has this wildly successful ad about this one-legged golfer. And it was this one-legged golfer who had a perfect swing. And I've seen that ripped off so many times, but things like the one-legged accountant doesn't quite work the same. It's like you can't just rip off a template and plug in your, your offer. You have to understand why that worked and why it was so intriguing and, and so effective. And so absolutely use these tools to get inspiration to get ideas, to understand what concepts and structures are working. But then you do need to do your research, go find out what your audience is talking about, what their problems are, and then use your creative marketing brain to write your own copy. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. I've seen that, not just that particular ad, but so many, or like, you know, I'll, I, I'm subscribed to a lot of marketers, right? Just to see kind of, you know, what they're up to. And you can tell when somebody's working from a template because it doesn't sound like them. It suddenly like takes a different approach than what they've used in the past. And, you know, templates and, and you know, looking at other people's ads, it's a great way to get ideas, to get inspiration. But it is really important to then make it your own because people can notice, they'll, the, you know, as you said, right, we get what, 10,000 advertising messages a day. So we start to notice when things look similar, like, ah, I know what they're doing there. And you don't want that to be the first implication or the first interaction they have with you. Yeah. It's, you see this all the time. If you're on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see ads pop up all the time. And with the new 
delivery subscription everything i see all the time it's like oh it's the netflix of wine it's the uber of coffee and it's like someone had a good success with that kind of line somewhere and then everyone in the industry just ripped it off and it not only is it just not good marketing because you're not actually doing proper research into your audience. You're also going to fatigue your ads a lot faster. And because people are going to get tired of seeing it because they're not only seeing your ads, they're seeing everyone else run those same kind of ads. And so it's, it just does you a disservice. It does the industry a disservice and it really does your customers a disservice because you're not giving them the benefit of the doubt that they would understand a unique angle. Absolutely. And you know, as you said, right, fatiguing your ads faster. Like if you're taking all this time to create ads, you want to be able to get something out of them so that you are lowering that traffic cost. You can get more people in who are the right people for your particular product or service. Exactly. So, you know, we've talked about, you know, what a pre-sale page is for, how to use it, how to get ideas and inspiration for creating it. Is there kind of a a structure that you tell people to follow with creating a pre-sale page? Yeah, I at the risk of uh, now talking about templates, <laughs> I do have some templates that I would use in my agency where I would coach my writers through the structure of an advertorial or a pre-sale page. And that's how we were able to turn around a lot of pre-sale pages very quickly by following this structure. And so like many pieces of copy, you start always with the, the headline and the sub-headline. It's designed to grab attention, but also call out exactly who you're talking to. So if someone's wandering down the internet path past your ad, they should be able to take a quick glance and know it's exactly for them or not, right? They should know who they are and why they should click on that ad, what benefit they're going to get out of it. And then in the lead, that's where you're going to reinforce what you've just promised to deliver if they clicked on that headline. So that's where you're going to create curiosity. You're going to address their main pain points. But you're doing all of this in a way that is very uh, subtle in terms of sales marketing. So in many sales pages, you always have an agenda where you're always trying to lead them just a little bit closer towards the sale. And in pre-sale pages, that's going to be a lot more subtle. You're going to focus a lot more energy on being in that giving mindset. So giving them info, value, entertainment making it all about them and what they are looking for and want to share and consume. And then as you get towards the end of the article, that's when you're going to maybe subtly suggest that they could take the next step if they wanted to learn more versus a sales page where it's going to be a lot more bold and direct with that messaging. And so there's a lot of different structures and different types of advertorials. That there's, a, there's this listicle style where you see like the top 10 household items you never knew you needed, but make your life so much easier. So those lists, you've got these how-to articles, news editorial style journalistic articles, but you can also use things like infographics or YouTube ads or even uh, podcast episodes. All of these could be pre-sale pieces of copy as long as they have a specific purpose designed to get someone from being cold or unaware or skeptical into the right mindset to be able to click through and be ready to hear your sales message on your landing page or your sales page. That is such a great breakdown of like the idea. And I like that, you know, you focus on structure, right? Because, you know, as you said, uh, talking about templates after talking about not using templates, um, you know, structure is so important. And, you know, being able to deliver on the promise and how highlighting that it's not a sales page is very different than a sales page. So we've talked about 
so many really great things about pre-sales and how to use it to warm up your traffic and why you know you don't want to be proposing marriage when people haven't even heard of your name before. So you know we're almost out of time. So what would be the the one action item people can take to start kind of creating these types of uh, pre-sale pages or advertorials for themselves to to start uh, warming up their traffic faster? I would say the one action item that you can take is to go out to these content-heavy websites like Wired, BuzzFeed, even the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. Start looking through the articles about the industry that you're in or in the same kind of topics that you would be speaking to when speaking to your audience and take a look at the sponsored content that's running there as well as the articles that that sponsored content is placed next to. Pay attention to the stories that they're using, the topics that they're discussing, and then see how they subtly work back towards their offer. Because that's one of the most difficult things, I think, when people start to create this type of copy is either pushing the sale too fast or not understanding how to connect a seemingly unrelated topic back to their offer and, and their product that they're, that they're promoting. And so pay attention to those transitions of how they get back to the offer and what kind of content and headlines and ideas that they're putting forward and use that as inspiration so that you can start drafting some ideas. And that way you can knock out five or 10 headline ideas and and have some ideas to test either on ads or by creating your own pre-sale pages. Fantastic. That's a very clear action item. And you know, I love that you gave so many great places to start looking for that search and to look for that sponsored by little uh, tidbit to, to get some ideas about how to do the transition. So if people want to learn more about you and what you do, and, and how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, they can go to my website at rachelmaza.com. And I've got a free guide on there about my process for going through and creating pre-sale copy pages. Uh, it's called the Cold Traffic Activation System, and that's free right on my homepage. Fantastic. So definitely be sure to check out rachelmaza.com and, and grab that guide so you can start doing your own pre-sale pages and figuring out how those can work best for your business. And uh, you know, follow on social and all of the links will, of course, be in the show notes as well. So Rachel, once again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with my audience. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Fantastic. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.